Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit, the guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my Welcome on into episode 29 of the Hooper's Log. It is episode 29 here on a Monday, December 14, 2015 here on CLNS Radio Live. Here on the Blog Talk Radio uh, website, uh, through CLNS Radio, through the FanDuel Studios. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. We have a little bit of small technical difficulties today. Uh Considering the fact that it's Christmas time, my parents love to take time off, and they love to raid the house and uh, and and kind of put me in the basement or in the. They basically treat me like the redheaded stepchild, which you, if you've seen my photos lately, you know that's rather accurate. Um, getting to the point, this weekend was a large weekend. I know I wasn't here on Friday. Uh, we had a late, we had a a, a, a a kind of a show where Andrew came in. I had a crazy weekend when it came to work. I was busy. I worked about 14-plus hours of overtime over the weekend. It was insane. Uh, I got to watch some basketball, but not a ton. Um, the one thing I did get to see, though, and I think obviously, as we all know, the biggest news over the weekend was the fact that the, the Golden State Warriors, uh, their winning streak came to an end. Uh, Andrew Norris is here on the line. Andrew, man, what's going on? How are you doing? Oh, I'm still in a good mood from that streak ending. I finally am right. I am now one in twenty-four in predicting Golden State games, so I I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, I hope everything's going good there. Uh, again, uh, it's cold out in the Pacific Northwest, um, and if my phone line drops, it's been questionable as of late. If it drops, you'll understand why. It's gonna rain. Uh, it hasn't been raining. It hasn't been raining, but it has been. It has been dry. It has been wet. Uh, in some in some days, but other days it's just been really cold. Uh, it messes with the frequency out here. So if I drop at some point in the show, Andrew will take over and I'll jump back in. But uh, you ready to get this going, Andrew? You ready to talk some basketball from what happened over the weekend? Let's do it. Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Again, a very, very busy weekend in the world of basketball. Uh, as you know, now 11 days away from Christmas, I have been shopping crazy as of late. Uh, my battery died in my car over the last couple of weeks. And speaking of batteries dying, the uh, the and I had to get a new one and manually put it in. Uh, speaking of that happening, the Golden State Warriors had that happen to them over the weekend. Uh, Friday was not a help to them as they had one of the bigger games of the uh, – they had one of the biggest games over the weekend, Golden State at Boston – 
um, the game before they lost their game uh, on Saturday, but they went to double overtime and played the Golden and, and played the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics played tough. Celtics ultimately taking them to double overtime. Warriors getting the victory, one twenty four to one nineteen. Two whiteboard worthy performances in that one. Steph Curry. 38 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals, a 67 on the whiteboard performance scale. That might be in the top 10 of the month by the end of December. Draymond Green also had one as well. 24 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 blocks, and 5 steals with a 61. This game kind of set up what happened on Saturday night, which we will get to here shortly. Um, but the Warriors just, I mean, this was their sixth road trip game in a row and then with the seventh game coming on a back-to-back night on Saturday, shoot, let's just go for it anyway. On Saturday night, as you know, the Milwaukee Bucks got the victory in uh, in Milwaukee. They ended the 28-game winning streak, the 24 in a row to begin the season streak of the Wizards, 108 to 95. The, the semblance of history is crazy with this one, as back in 71-72. The Milwaukee Bucks ended the 33-game win streak of the Los Angeles Lakers when they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes, this was when Kareem was on the Bucks, and they had Oscar Robertson. So, I mean, obviously this Bucks team does not have either of those players at all. Um, but when it comes to the historical implications, it, it kind of mirrored itself when it came to that kind of uh, victory there. Andrew, I know you're happy. I know you're happy that this Golden State Warrior team lost, and I get it. Um, the way they play basketball, I, I would say we both don't agree with from the standpoint of they shoot and they're primarily an outside uh, basketball team. But you got to give them credit on the standpoint of, look, 24 wins to start the season is something we're probably never going to see again. And if we do, it's going to come on the back of a team more talented than this Warriors team. We're not trying to knock the talents of this Warriors team. They're talented as all get-up. But when it comes to teams of past, legendary teams, and this is the only team we're comparing them to talent-wise, they don't have the talent as teams of the past. This has been an unbelievable streak. They're now 24-1 in the Western Conference. What do you think of this Warriors team, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, as, as much as we like to kind of joke around and talk about how much we dislike them, uh, you know, they they understand, uh, and even their style of play, you know, they understand three points is more than two points. Uh, as much as me and mm-hmm. you are grumpy and old school-ish as far as the style of play that we like those. Um, you know, it, it's always going to be smarter. If you can have a, a team that shoots 45% from three or a team that shoots 45% from two, the, the three-point team is going to win almost every time. Uh, right. You know, it, it comes down that, uh, to effective field goal percentage. That's It's a very simple stat, but I think it's something that not a lot of people in the NBA have, have – gotten used to or realized how simple it is, the fact that if one shot counts for three points and one shot counts for two points, you can take one and a half the amount of those three-point shots and, you know, or you can take one and a half the amount times of the two-point shots, and if you make the same percentage, you'll have as many three-pointers, three if, you, if you get what I'm saying. The total score will be the same. Right, right, right. Uh, so, obviously, if you're going to be making the three-pointers, it's more efficient. Um you know, when it when it came to this game on Friday, uh, and for those of you who don't have League Pass, thank goodness for League Pass. Just a, just a little story. I uh, was working late Friday. This is my girlfriend's little cousin's birthday, turning 14. Uh, you know, in the last three years, I've promised him I would be there every year. 
and something came up, whether it was I had a, a baseball or a, a basketball game or something like that, something came up to where I couldn't go. So, you know, I, I get to work at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, on Friday, it's coming up on 7.30 at night. So, you know, I'm tired. He lives about an hour away. So I said, hey, I, I have to go. Uh, now, with my leak pass, this is the second straight year. For some reason, it just refuses to go on my phone, on my laptop, anything. It says I don't have a leak pass account when I type in my Comcast account number, uh, and it gets yeah. really annoying. So, thankfully, this weekend was a free league pass weekend. So, from her cousin, I got to watch the end of this game. You know, I got there, and I was freaking out. Uh, I heard that overtime was about to start, and I'm like, oh, my! if I was home, I could watch this right now. Why did I come up here? (laughs) I get it's a birthday, but I think this game sounds amazing. And then I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see, I bet you guys are all happy to hear that league, or to see that league pass is free this weekend. And I... Just about jumped out of my chair in excitement. So if you need a reason to get League Pass, it's as simple as that. When you're stuck in a bad situation, League Pass will be there for you. Unlike a lot of people, League Pass will be there. But, um, yeah, the, you know, this game against the Celtics was unbelievable. The, they, you know, just showing how good the, the Warriors are. The Celtics have been playing great as of late. The Warriors got out hustled in, in – in every aspect of the game, the Celtics wanted it about ten times more. But just with how good the Warriors are, they still found a way to win the game. Um, obviously, you know, you, you put so much effort into it Saturday on the last game of a seven-game road trip. It was just about impossible. And they went and got really manhandled by the Bucks. Um, the only right. feeling of it even being close was just the thought that, well, if Steph Curry hits a few threes here, but, you know, that never happened. He was, what, one for seven from three or something like that. He didn't have a good game. Uh, but, you know, it, we can't deny the start this team had and pr- the more than likely the rest of the regular season this team had. I don't think they're going to have any more 24 out of 25 streak. But, you know, this is this is still a team that can go win 70, 72 games. Uh, you've thrown out the stat a few times of how many games they have to win or what their record has to be from this point. And it none of it seems un, unreal. You know, I wouldn't say it's favorable, but it definitely seems like it could happen. So, you know, this is a team who could very possibly get better now that they finally have that weight off their shoulder. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how great this team can be, how historic this team can be when you go off of wins and losses for for an entire season. You know, the second longest well, and I can get, of all time is great. Go ahead. I was going to say, I can guarantee you something. If this team goes on another 15-game winning streak, we might as well chalk it up that they're going to break the record of the Bulls. Because as of right now, all they got to do is go 48, excuse me, 49 and 8 the rest of the way, and they're breaking the record. And that's not unachievable. That's not a crazy stat line for this team to achieve. Now, I know they just started the season 24 and 1. But 49-8 and eight is not out of the realm of reasonability. There are teams in the NBA in past history, you know, even the Atlanta Hawks last year, who won 40 games in 46, in 46 uh, games. You know, and, and they're the Atlanta Hawks. This Golden State team can rattle off things like that. If they can mend the storm, such as the one coming up in mid-January, about a month from now, you're looking at a team that can pretty much can if, if they can ride that storm and get to that get to that uh, that long stretch of six games, there are brutal matchups, 
and they can find a way to get out of that with maybe only three losses. If they have five losses after that brutal matchup, then we start talking, okay, can this team do it? Can this team get there? But first they got to mend the storm getting to that one, uh, and that is to maintain hold of what they got going forward. But go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, and and their record last year, you said 49-8. and eight. I mean, they started something pretty close to forty nine and eight last year. It wasn't too far away. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I don't I don't want to sit here and act like they can't do it. Although I don't believe they'll do it. Uh, I think they'll get right. really lucky in the Spurs matchups. I don't think Greg Popovich will show him his hand in the regular season. Uh, I think he'll see no. some quote unquote injuries before that game. But but you know who knows the the competitor might overrule the pride, or the the pride might overrule you know the the. The strat, the strategist that that Greg Popovich is, but I doubt it. He knows how to keep his emotions in check, and that's that's going to be a fun one, or a fun few. Uh, and it, it, and one more thing about about this game and and this and this 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 game in general, the, the Bucks and Golden State Warriors again. The Golden State Warriors losing to the Milwaukee Bucks um, over the weekend and ending their streak of 24 straight to end the begin the season 28 overall. Uh, Jason Kidd said some interesting things over the weekend when it came to uh, this 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 uh, excuse me this Golden State team with Steph Curry. He said this is the modern day, and and I, and I understood his context. Believe me, I'm not going to debate his context because if people take this out of context, they're insane. I'm talking about. He said today is Steph Curry is the modern day Jordan from the perspective that everyone wants to be like him. I agree with that. I feel like there's a lot of kids, and if you watch some of these vines, some of these high school clips of players that are running around playing in high school, they're trying to break guys' ankles and shoot from three. That's Steph Curry. That's Steph Curry. There's a lot of kids out there watching this guy and wanting to be like this guy. And when and Jason Kidd said that in the manner that he said it, in the context that he meant it in, I fully agree. I fully agree that this is the modern-day Jordan from the standpoint, not the Jordan that anyone will – because Steph Curry's not Jordan. Let's not, let's not mix the two and say this is, that's insane. I'm talking from the standpoint of impact on the game when it comes to uh, visibility and what people want to be like. Not when it comes to the, the branding off the court. Not when it comes to the overall athleticism, insane uh, highlight package that he has. The only thing Steph Curry has on a highlight package is his ability to break guys down, get to the rim, shoot a floater, and potentially sometimes, or all the time, basically break a guy down or come off a pick and shoot a three. That's not, that's not as entertaining as MJ. He wasn't as, he's not so far, and who knows? I mean, time will only tell, but who knows? Time could tell he could get better, but he's not MJ. But the, but the, from the standpoint of what Jason Kidd said, and the fact that he is MJ like in his impact on the game is, is is rather accurate. What what was your take on that comment by Jason Kidd, Andrew? No, I, yeah, and I don't think that's something you can disagree with. The thing about Steph Curry, he's he's captured the I, I want to say like imagination of of people yeah. so much more than somebody like LeBron. Um, and I think the reasoning is when Steph Curry goes out on the court, it's a lot more likely you're going to be six foot two, six foot three, and a hundred and however many pounds than it is you're going to be six foot eight, two fifty, and like zero percent body fat. Uh, so, right. so I do think that that as far as a bit, uh, I don't want to say ability. Uh, the the chance you have to be like him, and obviously nobody's going to compare to him shooting. I'm not saying this as far as the skill skill set goes, but with a person's imagination and what you could see out of Steph Curry, 
it's almost like, well, if you work hard enough, you can get this. When you see a LeBron, hard work's not just going to get you there. You've got to be born. You, you you can't be 6'8 unless you're born to be 6'8. You know, and, and right. 6'3 is a little bit more manageable in the human mind. So I think he's captured imaginations and, and minds unlike somebody like LeBron ever could. And that's I think that's what makes him so popular more so than – uh, more so than the other players in the league. I mean, this Steph Curry right now, his jersey sales, and I and uh, Matt Moore, who we plan on having on the show, through the roof in, uh, in the argument. It's higher than peak LeBron jersey sales ever were. He had higher jersey sales in Golden State last year than LeBron did returning to Cleveland with their new jerseys. Now, a lot of people aren't going to buy the new jerseys because they have the old ones, but still, I mean, that just shows his level of popularity. Um. Uh, you know, me and you aren't big fans, but this is really, as far as the, one of the more liked players I've ever seen. I, you know, he has a, almost a cult-like following, and, and I think that's more what Jason Kidd was talking about, to your point, than right. than the ability, the hang time, the greatest of all time. I mean, this guy's 27 years old, going to be 28 in March, and he's never averaged 25 points a game. He's not going to be the best player to ever step foot on the court, but, you know, as far as being a huge icon, or at least for this current moment in time, he's definitely at or close to that level. Well, and he's and he's relatable, and like you said, you know, people want, can look at him and relate to him. And he doesn't look like he's six three on the basketball court. He looks like an average Joe running around shooting the ball. He's great at. He is unbelievable at shooting the ball. But people can relate to that because that's what an average guy at the YMCA does. He runs around, grabs the ball, shoots it from three. If he makes it. He's gonna go now instead of saying Kobe. He's gonna go. He's gonna go Curry. You know something like that. And, and and it's the same thing and the same kind of idea that Allen Iverson had when he was in the league. He was relatable. Allen Iverson did not look like he was six feet tall. He looked like a guy who was five ten, five nine, one hundred and forty pounds, soaking wet. But he had moves that people wanted to emulate, and he had plays. He hustled. He did everything you wanted to see your kid do that Allen Iverson put together. Now, off the court, different story. On the court, you wanted to be like Allen Iverson because, heck, almost an every average athlete out there is six feet tall. Allen Iverson was that height, too. Steph Curry is the same type of thing these days. You're looking at a team where this Golden State Warrior team has a guy who is relatable around the league who honestly is a guy that makes it seem, it makes it seem effortless from three. Uh, Andrew's falling off the line. We'll get him back here in a moment. He's probably got some issues right now. We'll get him back here in a second. But the point is, 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 is Steph Curry is so relatable. And the other thing, real quickly, and I know Andrew will be back uh, in just a moment, uh, but the one thing I wanted to say about this Golden State Warrior team is that the way that they've been playing and the way that they have been putting their image and their ability on the court is they have found a way to now start open up the, opening up the eyes of the NBA and Adam Silver and starting to say, look, they, have, you know, they, they are starting to stretch the parameters of what quality-looking basketball is looking like. This NBA team and the Golden State Warriors and how outside heavy they are, they almost make it look easy. And the one thing about professional sports and the one thing about uh, – any any major business in general is you don't want to make your stuff look easy and you don't want to make it look boring. You want to make it look entertaining, fun, relatable. Uh, you know, you can talk about it in, in different senses of each league. This team is becoming so great 
at what they're doing from the outside, that with their ability to shoot with the way they are doing from the outside, it's starting to come into conversations now as you're hearing throughout the media and throughout the world of, uh, of sports talk radio that you're starting to hear a team that is you're trying to you're, you're starting to hear a team now that is potentially being talked about with you know I'm not saying they're Wilt Chamberlain I'm not saying they're guys that are evolution but they could change the rules of the sport this Golden State Warrior team could change the rules of the sport before we know it because the three-point line is becoming easier and easier and easier throughout the league now I'm not trying to sit here and say that every team in the NBA can shoot from three and shoot it well but they're the one team, and this has been mentioned on multiple other sports, but they're kind of the team that's figured out the puzzle. They figured it out. They have figured out the ability to ultimately figure out. I heard that on Colin Coward the other day. This is pretty much the type of thing that could start changing the parameters of where to shoot, what to shoot, and how to play the game inside to outside because people are becoming more outside shooters. I don't think the NBA wants to turn into that kind of league. I don't think this is the kind of league that NBA, uh, NBA executives want the league to turn into because it starts to become harder to watch because when you start seeing big men and guys who are not three-point specialists and guys who don't shoot from out there try to become that kind of player, it starts to downgrade the, 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 the viewing efficiency or the viewing popularity of the league. The league doesn't have – they have all these unbelievable athletic players that can go inside and make great plays. They don't have a lot of guys that can shoot from the outside. And rules might start changing to where the three-point line might become something that changes over time. We're going to get Andrew back in a moment, but let's recap the rest of these games real quick before he gets back in here. And I want to ask him that question about the Golden State Warriors and potential game changes here in just a second. We'll get to the NCAA. We'll get to college basketball here as soon as possible. But other games to, 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 uh, to talk about of note in the NBA, it goes back to, um, it goes back to what happened on Friday night. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers lost to the Spurs. Spurs, 109-87 victory over the Lakers. They got the victory there. Um, another, game of, another game of note, considering there was a whiteboard-worthy performance, the, uh, the Charlotte Hornets just dominating the Memphis Grizzlies, 123-99. Kemba Walker with the whiteboard-worthy performance. 33 points, six assists, five rebounds, a 50 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. And John Wall, this guy might win Player of the Week today. I, I'm, it's my prediction right now. I think John Wall is going to win Player of the Week. His stats have been off the charts. The Wizards didn't get the victory over the Pelicans, but John Wall went off. 26 points, 12 assists, and seven rebounds on a 57 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. We have a, we have Andrew back on the line. I'll get him back on in just a second, right before I recap all this. Cleveland destroys Orlando on Friday, 111-76. Pistons get the victory over the 76ers. The 76ers only have one win still, people. One win. They're looking awful. The Raptors beat the Bucks. The Raptors are, are looking like a really, really legit team as of now. Now they beat the Bucks 90-83 on Friday. Wizards lose to the Pelicans again, as I mentioned. Nuggets beat the Timberwolves in overtime. Timberwolves have played a lot of overtime basketball over the last week plus. Hopefully that doesn't wear their team down uh, sooner than later so that this team can grow throughout the rest of the season. Thunder beat the Jazz. That was an outstanding game, and you saw a fantastic performance by the Jazz and Thunder in that one. And then, obviously, the Trailblazers get their 10th victory of the season as they beat the Suns 106-96. to Andrew, you're back on the line. I was just talking about one thing about the Golden State Warriors before you left, and that was about how there have now been conversations being brought to the rest of the league. And if you'd like to call in and talk about this on the FanDuel Studio uh, 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 phone line, 323 642 
1558 is the number. And, and, and I brought up the fact that this Golden State Warrior team and their ability to shoot from three is starting to become to the point where it's becoming kind of Wilt Chamberlain-esque. Wilt Chamberlain was known as the guy who really revolutionized the game from the standpoint of you can't take alley-oops off the free throw line anymore. They, they widened the key because people were starting to camp in the key. They made three in the key because people were camping in the key. The key used to be really small with the painted area used to be really small in the NBA. And if you look back in, like, the 40s, the key was tiny. Now it's much more expanded, the size of the free throw line and things of that nature, because of guys like Wilt Chamberlain and other big men revolutionizing the game. The three-point line is starting to become an easier and easier target for players and teams because of the way the Golden State Warriors have found ways to, to figure out how to revolutionize the three-point line and other aspects. Do you think that the, that the NBA will start to change its rules and change its outlook on the three-point game because of how well the Golden State Warriors have utilized it? Well, it, it's it's a strange thing because there's there's a few different ways they can go. Uh, they can go the way that uh, the basketball purists and uh, the hardcore fans, for the most part, would like to see, and that's making the three-point shot a little bit harder, uh, you know, backing it up a couple feet the way they did, you know, in the early – 2000s or late 90s or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, take that route. But, you know, oddly enough, I don't think that's the route they're going to take. The the mainstream fan, when the, you know, they're, they're the Steph Curry fan. They're the Kobe fan who loves to see the three-pointer. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that, you know, more than likely they'll keep it where, the, where it's at for, for a while. But then, you know, they might even do something with the corners to make the corners easier, maybe make the court a little bit wider so you're not stepping out of bounds every five seconds. I mean, I've seen right. more of those corner step-outs this year than ever. I mean, this year, more than the rest of my life combined, I've seen more. Uh, so it's it's something that, you know, if they want to go the route, the, the smart business route, I guess, and that's the mainstream fan, uh, you know, they, they will keep it the same and or make it easier even. But, you know, if they want to go the route that, that NBA hardcores deserve and even the players really deserve, uh, that would be to move it back maybe a foot or two, make it a little bit harder because it, it's getting ridiculous. I mean, the Houston Rockets a few years ago shot almost as many three-pointers as two-pointers. Imagine in the 1980s telling a team, that they're going to shoot almost as many two-pointers as three-pointers. I mean, Michael Jordan right. didn't even average one three-point attempt per game for his career. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's the way it's grown is absurd, and it's not slowing down. Steph Curry is averaging 11 attempts per game this year from the three-point line. 11. I, I went and looked. Uh, uh, bas- basketball Reference, my favorite website in the world. You can learn whatever you want. He's the only player in history, if he com- if he does this throughout the rest of the year, to average more than 10 attempts from three-point line per game. Only ever. Uh, and, you know, he's hit he's had a stretch of four games, three separate occasions. He's gone four straight games, hitting five or more three. It's becoming, I mean, it, it's exciting. It, it's the ultimate equalizer. Any team can come back. Uh, it, it creates parity, I guess, because if a team gets hot from three, anybody can beat anybody. But at the same time, it's very frustrating to watch. It, it, it almost feels cheap. Even for a guy, I, you know, I never saw the short three-point line. I never saw no three-point line. All I've seen is this three-point line. 
And, and even for a guy, you know, who who's only seen that, it's almost becoming frustrating. But I, I do love the three-pointer. It's not something I'd ever want to get rid of. Uh, I love seeing teams take a lot of three-pointers. But but eventually you reach you reach too far. Yeah, you, you really do. And with this team and with how they have revolutionized the game and starting to change. We have some breaking news real quickly before we get into more stuff in the NBA. Referee Bill Kennedy becomes the second NBA official to come out as gay. I mean, honestly, honestly, when it comes to this topic, it doesn't bother me what sexual orientation you are because as long as you're happy, that's all I really care about. Um, but for this to come out, it, again, this is, the, this is the trend going on in society. I'm not saying it's a trend. I'm saying it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. But it's the trend to, to – to, to, to show that you are more than just one set stereotype or one set uh, gender or, or what, what have you. And that's good because it allows kids who are growing up in a time that's, that's, that's rougher than usual because of the Internet and things of that nature, and there's other aspects of social peer pressure and things of that nature. You're looking at a guy and, and a referee and an official, you know, an official saying, look, I'm gay as well, and that's good. Andrew, do you have anything on that before we keep going forward? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you 100%. I, if somebody has a certain lifestyle, and I shouldn't even say say lifestyle, it's it's the same lifestyle. It's just a sexual preference. Uh, let let them be happy. Uh, you know, this, I think yeah. this is an awesome thing, especially with the little tirade Rondo went on there. I mean, there was reports of him saying, you know, uh, bigoted type words. Um, this was a good time to come out and say, "Hey, let's let's try to be a little more sensitive." Uh, you know, imagine if if the same referee was coming at Rondo with with racist terms. You know, it, it's almost that same feel. Uh, so I think this was a good yeah. time to kind of remind people, let's let's slow your roll, let's be a little bit more sensitive. I'm I'm not politically correct by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I do right, think me neither. There are certain times, certain places to be more sensitive, uh, and just smarter about about the words you choose to say yeah it's it's really good stuff to hear and it's really good stuff to see one thing other and one more thing real quick before we recap the rest of these games over the weekend they'll be quick believe me uh is Kyrie Irving still isn't back for the Cleveland Cavaliers Amon Shumpert came back earlier this week uh this weekend especially and uh he's starting to prove his impact on the team but Kyrie Irving still is not back they say he's going to be out for another at least two more games it's looking to me like he's just going to come back on Christmas day look if I were the Cleveland Cavaliers I would just let them sit, hang out and have the same guys that they have out there right now but come Christmas day bring Kyrie Irving back and have him back in the lineup to play the Golden State Warriors that's all I want to see on Christmas Day is this great Golden State Warrior team against a healthy Cavs team. That's all I want to see. I don't care about if Kyrie comes back any earlier. As long as he's back, maybe the day before Chris, the, the game before Christmas or on Christmas Day, that's all I care about because I just want to see what the finals should have looked like on Christmas Day. Let's get back to these recaps real quick. Andrew, anything you want to say about the Kyrie Irving thing real quick before we move forward? Yeah, not only do I hope he's back on Christmas Day, I really hope he's got a couple games under his belt so he can be ready and and ready to defend a guy like Steph Curry. Yeah, that's going to be a big-time thing there uh, coming into Christmas Day, especially if he's back healthy. Real quickly, Saturday games, Spurs beat the Hawks 103-78, dominating, dominating game by the Spurs. They're now 20-5 and on the season. They're only four games back at Golden State, people. As much as we've all been focusing on Golden State and how great they've been, San Antonio is right there. Four games back, 
you put together a solid week of basketball, a couple weeks of good basketball, and you're, again, right there behind Golden State. They're still playing great. 20-5 and five is no joke. The Clippers win 105-100 to 100 over the Nets. Uh, again, the Clippers are starting to show that they're really back and back in the mix of dominating because, again, <laughs> there was one point where we thought, look, we don't know what's going on with this team. We don't know the chemistry. And finally, they get it done against teams that are supposed to beat the Celtics, beat the Hornets, 98-93. Isaiah Thomas with the white ball with the performance, 21 points, 13 assists, and five rebounds. Uh, the pride and joy from Tacoma, Washington here in the 2-5-3. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, 21 points, 13 assists, five rebounds, a 52 on the white ball with the performance. John Wall, golly, John Wall. The Wizards get the victory over the Mavericks in Dallas, 114-111. to 111. John Wall, I think, is going to be my player of the week in the Eastern Conference. If he's not player of the week in the Eastern Conference, I don't know what's real anymore. John Wall, 26 points, 16 assists, 5 rebounds, and 2 blocks, a 65 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. I can promise you that we're going to fix the whiteboard with the performance scale to get these big men in. I have an idea of what's going to happen, and I'll probably introduce that idea sometime this week, but we won't implement it until Christmas Day. Uh, Raymond Felton in that one as well had a triple-double, 10 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. We never neglect triple-doubles no matter how small they are. They're still unbelievable feats in the NBA. But the Mavericks do lose to the Wizards, 114-111. to 111. Rockets destroy the Lakers, 126-97. Bulls beat the Pelicans, 98-94. Pistons, they beat the Pacers, 118-96. I think the Pacers kind of came back to earth after the way the Golden State Warriors beat them. Um, and, but they're still a great team. The Pacers are still playing great. But the Pistons... Think about this, people. The Pistons are – they have 14 wins, if I'm not mistaken. They have 14 wins, 14 and 11. Cleveland is 15 and 7. Guess who would play against each other in the first round in the Eastern Conference right now? It'd be Detroit and Cleveland. They're only one game back in the win column and two and a half overall. But that's two and a half overall behind each other, and they're only there. And think about this. Atlanta wouldn't even make the postseason as of right now. Because Detroit has the tiebreaker. This Eastern Conference is crazy with how parity-driven it is. And considering what happened Saturday night and the way the Pistons beat the Pacers, this is, I'm telling you, I think this is going to be one of the more crazy conferences we've seen in the Eastern Conference in a long time. And again, like I said, Warriors lose to the Bucks 108-95. to Knicks beat the Trailblazers, bringing them back to life. There's been talk of this being now Chris Stapp's Porzingis' team. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but it's definitely starting to look like that in that in that game, the Bucks won, and Giannis Antetokounmpo had 11 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, and two blocks for a 45, which isn't quite wipe away the performance, but the triple-double gets him in. Sunday, there were, there were I believe, two wipe away the performances. Actually, there were two wipe away the performances, one honorable mention with Kevin Durant's game, uh, and that was really kind of the game of the night, which was between the Jazz and Thunder, 104-98 to in overtime last night. Raptors beat the 76ers, the 76ers still one win on the season, 96-76 there in Toronto. Heat beat the Grizzlies, 197. The Heat are looking like more and more legit, legit, more and more. I see them. And the Suns beat the Timberwolves, 108-101. to Eric Bledsoe with the White Boys performance, 23 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 4 blocks, and 4 steals, a 54 on the White Boys performance skill, dominating by a guard there. In the, and then again, Russell Westbrook, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks. I believe that is a 50 on the White Boys performance scale. And then Kevin Durant in that one against the Jazz. Honorable mention, 31 points, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds, a 48 on the White Boys performance scale. It's not quite there, but I'm going to give it to him anyway because that's an outstanding performance. Um, we, got the, uh, we got some games on tonight. Andrew, is there anything you want to say before we get to talking about some college basketball? 
just the the Thunder Jazz game, uh, Kevin Durant looked looked awful in the first half, and then he flipped on MVP mode in the second half. And it was good to see that he still has that mode because we've seen good, very good Kevin Durant this year, but we have not seen the MVP Kevin Durant until that game. So that was for as far as just I love watching great players. Well, and you can make the case that the guy has had a couple of great outstanding games over the last week and a half now. I mean, he's he's been coming out and just playing the ball that we've seen Kevin Durant play before. And um, maybe the Nike deal he signed 10 years, $300 million has something to do with it or something else has to do with it. But the guy finally looks like the Kevin Durant that we saw in his MVP season from a couple of years ago. Let's get to college basketball real quick before we start recapping or or, or, uh, not recapping, but breaking down games for tonight and obviously for what's going to happen there. In the world of college basketball, there were some unbelievable games. Obviously this weekend, UNC in Texas, the, the UNC uh, UNC could not quite get uh, University of North Carolina could not quite beat Texas as du- Texas hit a game-winning jumper at the buzzer, 84-82. Shaka Smart getting a big-time victory for that program. Hopefully they are ranked. I believe they're ranked now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's look real quick. I haven't actually looked at the rankings. Uh, Texas is not in the rankings, but they did get some quality votes there to try and get in. They got four votes overall, but there's a lot of a lot of really good teams in college basketball this season. It's kind of crazy to think that they're not in it. Boise State beat Oregon. Not much of a shocker, but Boise State 72-74 over Oregon. Oregon is ranked 24 before uh, this new ranking that just came out. And then the next uh, upset, Gonzaga beat, or UCLA beating Gonzaga. Obviously, Prince Ali doing his thing, uh, but Gonzaga – they play in a smaller conference and they play against bigger teams like UCLA expect things like this to happen. That's what's going to happen. And these type of performances, Michigan state is ranked back at number one. This is the new fresh off the press AP rankings in the NCAA basketball world, Michigan state, number one, 64 votes overall for number one, Kansas is right behind them at eight and one. They're number two. Uh, Michigan state has been number one for now. This is their second week going Oklahoma at number three, Kentucky, number four, Iowa State dropped a little bit to number five. And then Maryland, Duke, Virginia, Purdue, Xavier, all rounding out the final top ten. UNC dropped out of the top ten, going to number 11. Villanova, Arizona, Providence, Miami of Florida is now 15. Baylor, Butler, SMU, Louisville, West Virginia. And then the round out the final top 25, uh, George Washington, UCLA, Cincinnati, Texas A&M, and UConn. Andrew, is there anything you want to mention about this college basketball world before we head forward uh, in this show? Because this, this college basketball landscape is starting to become more and more parity-driven, as we mentioned. Look, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Duke, and UNC were all ranked in the top five to begin the year. And now UNC's at 11, Duke's at 7, Iowa State, Maryland, they're around 5-6, Kentucky's at 4 I mean, this is going to look like one of those years. I have a weird feeling that this is going to be one of those years where there are going to be teams that creep up. Not speaking of, I forgot to, I forgot to mention an upset, Wichita State destroyed Utah over the weekend. Um, them back in the conversation of getting a top 25 vote. Look, the college basketball should just move to a top 50. I'm telling you, there are so many good teams in the world of college basketball right now that this top 25 doesn't necessarily do justice to how good some of these teams are. I mean, you got Gonzaga, South Carolina, Oregon, Colorado, Vanderbilt, Wichita State, uh, Dayton. Dayton played a great game over the weekend as well. Utah, Texas, Notre Dame. There's some really – Syracuse. They lost this weekend, but they're still a really good team. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of good teams in the world of college basketball. Is there anything you want to say, Andrew? 
Yeah, real quick before I gotta go, I, I gotta head out of here. I gotta get back to work. But uh, okay, Michigan State looks legit, man. I mean, it's yeah. And all you guys know, I'm a Michigan fan, but Michigan State looks uh, almost unbeatable. I mean, they only won by six Gary. against Florida, who's not a great team. But but when their players are playing at the top of their game, which Tom Izzo can get people to do, especially when March comes around, uh, this is this is a team that I mean, I. I think they only have one competitor in the Big Ten, and that's Maryland. And even then, I don't know if Maryland's on the same level as them. I think they're both Final Four teams, but but right. Michigan, Michigan State's a great football team. But before I go, uh, just as far as tonight's NBA goes, go Pistons, go Raptors. Uh, 76ers are going to beat the Bulls, okay? Mark it down. Remember this when we, wow. when we are on tomorrow. 76ers are going to be 2-24 and 24 after tonight, and the Bulls are just about going to go up in flames not knowing what to do. Actually, out of all the teams with winning records, I forget what the exact statistic is, but basically it says they are the worst winning team in the league. Uh, but before, you know, thank you guys uh, for listening. Keep listening to Chris call in, talk to him so he's not talking to himself. Uh, and as I say every time, guys, uh, go Pistons and peace. All right, Andrew, have a great rest of your day at work. Get it going. I'll be there in probably about an hour and a half, be in the same boat you are. Um, speaking of this, this night tonight in the NBA, well, we got about three minutes left on the show. There's a lot of good – there's a lot of, lot of good matchups in this, in this night in the NBA. And I'm not just saying that to sell you something. I'm being honest. The Jazz and Spurs, the Jazz have been playing great basketball with the loss of Rudy Gobert as of late. And the Spurs, obviously, as you know, are the top three team in the NBA – that's a fantastic one. I'll definitely tune into that one as a Spurs fan. Raptors and Pacers. The Pacers have been kind of playing poorly as of late. They're 13-9. and But the Raptors, I'm telling you, if they get the victory tonight, they might jump in the first place in the Eastern Conference. Then you have the Magic and Nets. Now, the Magic haven't, have not been playing as well as of late, but the Nets have come out of nowhere. They've won, I believe they've won seven of their last 11 or 12 ball games. They have been looking outstanding, and they're creeping their way into the conversation in the Eastern Conference uh, conversation now as potentially being a team to contend with. Now they're at the bottom. They're clearly at the bottom. They're not, they're, not the, they're not the 76ers by any stretch, but they're finding a way to creep into this conversation of the most parody-driven conference I've seen in a long time, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, that's going to be intriguing to watch if you're watching that one from the perspective of the Eastern Conference. Clippers and Pistons, this might be game of the night. From the standpoint of, look, you got a big man in Andre Drummond, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, guys that can compete down low with Andre Drummond. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. Obviously, Chris Ball and Reggie Jackson is going to be fun. That's going to be a big-time game in Detroit. That's a huge one to watch there at 4.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific. That's a huge, huge, huge game. I would turn into that one as well. Heat and Hawks, that's another huge game. Two, game. two teams that are right around the same area. The Hawks hovering right around the bottom spot in the playoffs, but they still have more wins than the Heat, and the Heat are hanging around a solid playoff spot. Look, this is another big-time game in Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by 6.5. Don't take the 6.5. Take the, take the plus, plus 6.5. That is a crazy game to look at. I think the Hawks come out and win, but I think it's a lot closer than people give them credit for. I don't agree with Andrew from the standpoint that the 76ers win tonight, but they're 1-24. There's been a lot of rumors going around that the NBA is trying to mandate what's going on in Philadelphia to fix them to get better. Chicago's favored by 13. Don't take that. Take the plus 13. Philadelphia plus the 13. Uh, I think I think the Bulls will win by 10, but it's not going to be 13. That's outrageous to think about. Wizards and Grizzlies, another unbelievable matchup with John Wall. We'll talk about players of the week tomorrow, obviously, on the Hoopers log. 
John Wall, I think, should be Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He has been outstanding this past week. Uh, Wizards in, in the grindhouse. That's going to be another great matchup. Suns in Dallas. That's another great matchup on NBA TV. Rockets and Nuggets, eh, eh, kind of okay. Eh, the Rockets have been playing good as of late. The Nuggets still a young squad playing well. And then the Pelicans in Portland. That's another interesting one to watch for as well. Um, but the main ones, think about Clippers, Pistons, Heat, Hawks, uh, Wizards, Grizzlies, Suns, Mavs, Jazz, Spurs, Raptors, Pacers. There's legitimately six games on the NBA tonight that are just, you have to watch them. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games overall in the NBA on a Monday. Here are my picks from the gambling perspective here for tonight's game. Jazz, Spurs, Spurs are favored by 12.5. Do not take the 12.5. I think the Jazz will keep it close. Take the Jazz plus 12.5. Raptors, Pacers, Indiana Pacers are favored by five. I think the Raptors will actually win this ball game tonight. Take the plus five, Toronto. Nets and Magic, Orlando's favored by three. Orlando should dominate in this one. Take them minus the three. Clippers and Pacers, Clippers are favored by a point and a half. Uh, I, I, I'm going to disagree with Andrew on this one. I think the Clippers will win this ball game and they'll win it, win it in, win it by like five or so. It's going to be a good game, but I think the Clippers won't win as close as, as Vegas thinks. It's going to be a little close. It's going to be a little distance than that. Heat and Hawks. Hawks are favored by six and a half. Do not take the six and a half. Take the plus six and a half. Uh, for the Heat, I think the Heat could possibly win this game and definitely keep it closer than people think. Chicago's favored by 13 against the 76ers, like I said. Take Philadelphia plus the 13. They, I think the Bulls will win, but they're not going to win by 13 points. It's not going to happen. Grizzlies, Wizards. Grizzlies are favored by four. I think the Grizzlies will win by more than that, just considering the fact that the Grizzlies have more down-low presence than the Wizards. This is going to be a fun one to watch from multiple levels. I would take the Grizzlies minus the four in that one as well. Dallas is favored by four and a half over the Suns. Take the Suns plus the four and a half. I think the Suns will find a way to get their guards in play and find a way to dominate uh, uh, up top in that one and find a way to get the victory. Uh, Rockets and Nuggets. Rockets are only favored by four and a half. Take the Rockets minus the four and a half. They've been playing better as of late. Get them on that one as well. And then Portland's favored by three against the Pelicans. Pelicans are finally getting healthy and figuring things out. Take the Pelicans plus the three. They're going to win that one. Well, we got about a minute left in the show, um, and with that, considering we got about a minute left, we have a pretty we have a pretty good show for tomorrow. Episode thirty tomorrow on the fifteenth of December two thousand and fifteen on a Tuesday. Yes, we'll be ten days away from Christmas. We'll recap what happened in the NBA last night. We'll talk about any other breaking news that happened in the world of the NBA or basketball in general, if any major upsets happened in the world of college basketball. We'll get to those to you. Call into the show next time, 323-642-1558. Here in the FanDuel Studios on CLNS Radio through Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, through the Blog Talk Radio website, my name is Simo Buckets. My website is simobuckets.com. Thank you again for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy the basketball and enjoy the holiday season. Go shopping, people. Go shopping. Boost the economy. Let's get it going. All right, have a great day.